أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وبه نستعين والحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته So last week we started talking a little bit about religion We said that religion is a set of beliefs and a set of actions that correspond to those beliefs. For today's uh, short lecture, we want to start by trying to answer an objection that sometimes we hear about religion. Some people say there is so much information out there, there are so many religions out there, that it's not even worth looking into religion we will never be able to know the truth in matters of religion, so why do we waste time studying religion? So, for the few minutes of today's lecture, we wanted to talk about why is it even worth it for us to look into religion, to research religion, to study religion. We are not even at the point yet of saying, this religion is right and religion must be part of our lives. This is yet to come. We're not at that point yet. What we're trying to do is to, when someone says it's a waste of time to even think about religion, to ask questions, all the religious questions, whether they are, you know, what we call aqa'id, so beliefs, or whether they are actions, it's all a waste of time. Because religion is not like science, for instance, where we can know the truth 100%. And there are so many of them, and there are so many, so much information out there, that it's not even worth looking into religion. So to answer this question or this objection, uh, there are a few things that we can look at. One of them being, why do people bother with religion? Why do they even study religion? And there's a lot of answers that we can give to this. Uh, and obviously, for the few minutes that we're here together, we can't cover all of them. So we'll talk about a few, and if the topic is really interesting to you, then we can talk about it more, or we move on to other topics in the next weeks. So the first thing that, the first driver, the first motivation that makes people research religion and look into religion is what we call curiosity. Curiosity is a natural instinct in human beings. Humans have a brain and a mind that wants to know. It wants to know everything about everything. And this you see from the little baby that is just born what they know, that little baby, what they know is what they can see, what they can feel, what they can touch, what they can taste. They want to explore because they're curious. They want to know what things feel and what things smell like and what things sound like and what things taste like, right? And this starts from the moment we're born and it keeps developing. And the more we find out about things, the more we want to find out more about them. And when we get more mature in our minds, we start wondering about things that are more complex. So it's not only things that we can see and touch and feel, it's also things we can think about, like what's right and what's wrong, and how should we be, and things that, for instance, we call ethics. What's the right thing to do? How am I supposed to behave in this situation? So this all stems from our curiosity. We want to know. Human beings want to know. And this opens the door to a new set of, of questions or 
points that we have to mention is that, yes, there is too much information out there in general about everything. In fact, there are things that we're even told not to be too curious about because it's not good for us. For instance, there are people who are really interested in other people's lives. You can follow your friends on Facebook or whatever you use to see what have they been up to, what's the latest thing they bought, who are they with, and so on and so forth. That's curiosity. That's because we want to know. But th that kind of curiosity is probably not the best. So the desire in us is there. Just like when I'm hungry, it's a desire in me to eat. But it doesn't mean that I can just take anything and put it in my mouth. Some things are, I can't just take garbage and put it in my mouth. I can't take pork and put it in my mouth, right? So the desire in me is there to feed something called curiosity, but it doesn't mean that I take anything and everything and try to feed it with that. That's one thing. Another thing we have even in our Imam Ali salam or one of the other Imams, it's attributed to him that he says that knowledge, there's a lot of knowledge, and our life is short. So we have to make sure that we spend our energy and our time going after the types of knowledge that we really need and leave the rest aside because we don't have enough time for that. It's part of our curiosity, for instance. There are people who, to feed their curiosity, they spend most of their time and most of their energy, let's say, on pop culture. You follow the lives of an artist or a, an actor or someone who is very famous. You want to know what they're doing, how much they earn, uh, how many children they have, what's the latest contract, or a sports player, when were they traded from one team to another, and how much are they making now, and what are the details of the contract. That's all curiosity. And that's fine. But does it really improve us? It's time and energy that we're spending feeding our curiosity. That curiosity is there for everything. We have to decide where we put it. Other people, they might go for something that's a lot better. For instance, how does the world work? What's inside the oceans? What's in outer space? Right? That's another type of curiosity. I study science. I study a field that I think I can improve humanity with. That's a type of curiosity. I feed that curiosity. And there's also some questions that fall under that world of curiosity that need answers such as, where do we come from, and why are we here, and what happens when we die? These are also types of questions that can trigger our curiosity. So this is one way for us to get into religion, is to know that that curiosity is always there. We have a choice to make, sometimes, where we have to put our energy in one place or another. It doesn't mean that we completely let go of the rest, but those questions also deserve an answer. Especially when we know that they can have very real repercussions on our lives. Whether there is a God or not is going to change the way I live. Whether something happens after I die is going to change the way I live. So my curiosity should be interested in this as much as it's interested in all the other types of knowledge that I'm trying to use to feed my curiosity in life. So that's one reason we study religion. A second reason we study religion is, generally speaking, all human beings like to go towards everything that's beneficial to them. And they like and they try to avoid anything 
that's harmful or dangerous to them. So if we look at religion, what's the claim of religion? Religion says that it will give us a system, a way of living in this world that will make us better and happier. It will tell us how to deal with our health, at least that's what Islam claims. It will help us to deal with our health, how are we supposed to handle our friends, our parents, our children, our spouses, how we're supposed to handle our money, what kind of society should we try to strive for, and so on and so forth. So it has a lot of teachings and instructions about our life on a day-to-day, -day, concretely. And it also talks about stuff that to us is the hidden world, the unseen world. What happens after death, what we don't have access to, the other worlds that we don't see. This is where our mind has to decide, is there any benefit to looking into these claims or not? Generally speaking, human beings will lean towards, will go towards anything that gives them a benefit, even if that benefit is not 100% sure. If you were told there are three ways to go to Toronto, and on one of the ways, there's apparently a rumor that they're giving away cars. You get a new car if you pass by there. There's three ways. Maybe that way is two hours longer, but there's a probability, there's a chance you may get a free car if you go through there. Would you go through that route or would you just go through the other route? You would go through that route because maybe you might get a free car, right? So a human being will go even when it's only a probability. If there's a chance that you may get a benefit, you go after it. And the opposite. If someone tells you uh, there's three ways, but one of the ways, there's probably, you know, some hijacking going on and it's very dangerous. Maybe. We're not sure. Maybe there's something going on. So the probability of danger, the probability of harm is there. We're not sure. Would you take that route or would you go another way? You would go another way. It's not worth it. Why would I go that way? So human beings avoid harm. When they think something is harmful, they'll avoid it. And when they think something is beneficial, they'll go towards it, even if it's not sure. So if we come back to religion, religion claims that it will give huge benefits in this life and huge benefits in the next life. And it will allow us to avoid very big harms and dangers in this life and very big harms and dangers in the next life. That's the claim. Let's say it's only a probability. Is it worth looking into or not? It's worth looking into. So that's the second reason we look into religion. A third reason we look into religion is comes to us from people who spend their lives studying how humans are deep down. They study psychology. So psychology is the way we feel and the way we interpret the world and the, the way we interact with other people. What's going on deep within us, in our mind and in our soul. And those people tell us that as they've studied the history of human beings, they have realized that there is something that has always been there in all societies. No matter where you look, you go back 10,000 years, 20,000 years, 100,000 years, and you see that human beings have always had religion. 
And sometimes people say, okay, now we don't need religion anymore. We have science, we have other things that we can use that we don't no longer need religion. The truth is that religion is still here. Human beings have gotten rid of a lot of things that they found useless to them. Religion is still here. In every society you look, you see religion. Religion does not need to be called one of the big religions to be a religion. We said week one, first time last week we, when we spoke, we said religion is a set of beliefs and a set of actions. And usually it comes with an idea, a notion, a concept of the holy and the sacred. And any society you look into today, you'll see that they hold some things that they consider sacred. It could be as simple as if you go to a democratic society, people tell you democracy is sacred. It will be unacceptable to do anything that goes against democracy. Democracy is sacred. Well, the notion of sacred is a religious notion. It doesn't come from science. It doesn't come from observing the world. It's psychological. A human being constructs that. It's ingrained within us. It's very deep within the human soul to think about things as being sacred and holy. So where does that come from? Psychologists tell us this exists in every human being. Even a person, you leave them all alone in the desert for long enough, if their mind works properly, they will have notions of the sacred. They will have a way, they will have things they believe in and a way to behave that goes with those beliefs. And all that together we call a religion. So from a psychology point of view, religion is within deep within all of us. That's another, let's say, reason, argument that we use to talk about religion. Why do we look into religion? And the last reason, the last argument that we have for religion that I'll talk about very quickly today is about the notion that is called probability. Let's say we're all sitting in a plane. Everything is ready. The plane starts moving. We're about to launch. And suddenly, the pilot says on the microphone, talking to all the passengers, he says, I was just told that there's maybe a problem with the mechanics of the plane. And there's a probability that the plane blows up in midair. So let's do a vote in the plane. Everybody who's sitting in the plane, would you like to risk it and fly? Or would you prefer to stop and we look into it? What would people say? Stop. Don't risk it. Yeah. Okay. What if he says, we have to stop for a long time. It may be three days before we find out what the issue is. And we have to spend a lot of money. And we're not even sure we're going to find anything. Do we still stop or do we say risk it? What do you say? Still stop. Still stop. Why? Okay, so the... Exactly. So the risk is too high because it's your life. Right? It's not like you're losing $20. It's not like you're getting a little hurt. It's, you might die. We're not sure. Nothing, maybe nothing is going to happen. But maybe something very big is going to happen. So in those cases, any normal human being would say what? 
it's worth looking into. Okay, let's use that as an example for our lives. We're about to start, for most of you are about to start on your life. The plane is your life. You're sitting in it right now, and someone tells you, there's maybe a God, maybe there isn't. Maybe there is hell and heaven, maybe there isn't. But it may take a while to find the answer. It may take some energy and research from you. Is it worth looking into? Or do we say, it's not worth it, there's too much info that, that I have to go through, there's too many religions and too many questions to think about, it's too much work, or is it worth looking into? When I say that the probability is, I don't believe in God, maybe something happens. Maybe there is hell and heaven, maybe there isn't. Let's say it's only maybe. Is it still worth looking into it? Or do we say, no, it's not worth it? When the price becomes eternity, when the price was your life, you said, maybe I risk my life or maybe not, I can't risk my life. We have to stop and look into the problem of the plane because it's my life. The claim of religion is that this is your eternal life. So if it's your eternal life, that is the price, even if it's just a probability, we're not sure. Some people said no. And that's a, that's a, that's a question. So a normal human being, when we said maybe there's a problem with the plane, they decided that it, no logical person would accept the argument that it's worth risking, let's just fly. So why is it worth risking if we say your eternal life? And this is where you have to see. It depends how logical you are. If you're not logical, we can do a math. In math, they use probability for this. We're simplifying it now. But from a probability perspective, when the price becomes infinity, when you put the infinity sign, you don't only look at maybe there's only, even if it's 2% chance, because it's infinity, you're multiplying by infinity, you cannot risk it. It's not logical to risk it. Now, someone might risk, that's up to them. But you have to tell them you're not using logic. If you're not using logic, I can't argue with you. This is where argument stops, because you're not being logical. So, these are some of the big reasons why people look into religion. So if someone says, why should I even bother studying religion? Why should I waste my time looking into things that are religious questions when maybe I won't even find the truth? So these questions, these answers, or these arguments that we gave, all work if Religion is only a probability. There's only a chance that it's right and a chance that is wrong. We're not even sure yet. And it's yet worth it to look into it. And there's, there are examples in our lives today that we see where the chances of finding the truth are still not 100%. And human beings, because they are curious, because they go after benefit, because they want to avoid harm, because they understand probability, they still go after those things and try to figure them out. Today, there are people who spend millions and billions of dollars to go into the depths of the ocean or in outer space. Maybe they might find something on a planet or the moon or inside the ocean, and maybe they don't. 
There are some projects that have been going on for 20 years and 30 years to explore space because they think maybe there's alien life. And they've spent hundreds of millions of dollars and they haven't found anything yet. And they keep going. So if someone wants to use this logic and say, well, we're not sure if we're going to find out anything, so it's not worth looking into. Actually, that's not how human beings live their lives. When you think that there might be a benefit, there might be a harm that you want to avoid, you still go after it. Right? So we do, we see that every day. You have the brightest brains in the world working together to go explore the depths of the ocean. They say maybe there's something there that we haven't found out yet. We don't even know what we're looking for. We're just going to go and see. And sometimes they go and they find absolutely nothing. They keep going down, down, all the way to the ground, 10 kilometers down. And they have to build these submarines that cost, that cost hundreds or millions of dollars because of the pressure. And when we, they reach there, they don't find anything. And they say, this was a successful mission. Now we know there is nothing here. Let's look at the next stop, spot, right? That's how science works. Why don't we apply that to other areas of, of our intellect and our lives? Religion may take a little bit longer. I may have to spend a few hours, a few days, a few weeks, depending on my curiosity, depending on what I care about. And then I will at least know where it's worth to look into and where it's not worth looking into. But for someone who hasn't even spent any time looking into it, to say it's not worth looking into it, that's just laziness. There is no other argument for this. If they cared about it as much as they care about any of those other examples, then they would look into it. So really, it's just laziness or an argument to not go there. And sometimes the reason we don't go there is not, we're not interested in what religion may tell us to do. So we close the door to that right from the beginning and we say, there's too much info, we're never going to know the truth, so might as well not waste time on that. Right? Okay, that's all I had for today. Wassallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi al-tayyibin al-tahirin. So, discussion. So, did it make sense? I vote yes. You vote yes? Are there questions? Are there objections? I think there are a lot. Because you, you put your finger on the... Yes, good. That's the point. The point is that if we believe in a religion, we have to know why we believe in it. We don't believe because we want to blindly just follow what we're told. We have to be able to explain for ourselves and to others, if we need to, why we believe what we believe. Is there a reason to believe in religion? Is there a reason we have to study religion or not? Is it a waste of time? Is it just blind faith? Or is there a reason for us to look into religion and to study it? The problem we don't ask and we don't discuss, and then we said, I don't like it. So why? Laziness. So other things, we don't, we don't see laziness. Mm -hmm. When we go to the cinema and see a movie, mm -hmm. they say, we enjoy it. When we sit on the computer and explore the internet, we enjoy. When we go to a PlayStation or something like that, we enjoy. 
but with religion is boring. So what should we do? Can we change? Mm -hmm. We can. Yes. Things like that. Yeah. I don't know. And the, the big problem that, as you know, we are living in society, which is most of the people, they don't uh, experience religion. Okay? So we compare us with them. So they live well, they eat well, okay? They enjoy their life, and we should, you know, <coughs> practice boring things and waste time with that. Mm -hmm. I would like, I would like all of them now, we don't judge any of you, please discuss, put your questions, and I always tell my kids, we don't enforce ourselves to believe any time that I think this religion is not, you know, not convince me uh, very well, I will leave it, I will look for something else, and you have the same right, so if you feel it's not worth, if you feel it's not good thing to do, okay, suggest something, maybe you, you know, you give us some good idea and we follow you. Okay, I have an objection, like to what you said about the plane. Yeah. So, say someone boarded the plane after they, they do the thing, they're like, would you guys like to continue to risk your life or stay and explore the problem? What if some guy, he boarded the plane right after that, he just, he, his name is Inspector, and say his name is Inspector Science and this guy his name is Science he comes in and tells you actually guys there's no problem you guys you're free to go there's nothing almost no chance something happened in the air this is just a routine drill or something like that right and Mr. Science leaves and then then they have a revolt and they continue on so what like so kind of uh, comparing Science with the religion, with like the plane, and yeah, it's a good objection. One hundred percent, it's a good objection. The issue with the inspector science is that he's not a mechanic. Science is not allowed to talk about things that are metaphysical. Metaphysical is what? What does religion try to do? What does it try to answer? What are the big religious questions? They're the questions that in philosophy we call them metaphysical. So the questions are, where do we come from? Where are we going? What are we doing here? How are we supposed to live? Those are metaphysical questions. Questions that science can never answer. Why? First of all, what are the tools of science? The tools of science are the five senses plus deductive reasoning. That's all science has. To build a scientific theory, you construct, and that should be a few lectures we'll spend on science. It deserves a lot of lectures. Science constructs a hypothesis based on the description of the world that it gets from the five senses. The description of the world can never tell us how to live. The description of the world can never tell us what's right and wrong. The description of the world can never be, you should give charity, you should help the weak. There is no should. It's, this is white, this is red, this is hot, this is cold. What can I do to know if this is going to stay hot or cold in 10,000 years? 
In what conditions is this gonna stay hot and cold? So I do experiments. And what are my tools? The five senses and deductive logic. And that's it. Science is not qualified to talk about metaphysical things. And nowadays, science has become the new religion. And this, inshallah, we'll talk about in a series of lectures, how science has become a religion with a blind system of belief and actions. This is now called, and today, if you read literature about this, it's called scientism. Scientism is science that tries to answer, science that says there is no God. Science is not allowed to say there is God or there is no God. It doesn't have the tools to think about God. God is not something you can test in a lab or that you can go and try to use perception to get to. The five senses cannot answer. The, we know God is not material. So science stops. All it can say is, I can't see God. The problem is if you add the deductive logic, you need something like God. So usually they call it something else in science. You take any theory and you'll see there's a part of it that science stops and then they add a metaphysical dimension that has to explain the rest. And this is where you have to know, ah, science has now stopped being science and is now being more religious. Science is now trying to be ethics. Science is now trying to be philosophy. Science is now trying to be religion. Science is not equipped for that. But now there's these very big names in the science world that have made a living and they've made all of these ideas very popular. Like Sam Harris and Chris and so on and so forth. There's very big names right now, Richard Dawkins and other people who are making a very good living out of making science into more than science. And usually scientists don't agree with this. 